G'day guys and welcome to the Late Switch Podcast brought to you by Indomie Noodles. Check out Indomie's delicious range in major supermarkets. The perfect long life meal to keep in the pantry during isolation. Now I am super excited for this week's episode. We're having a chat with Dylan Hennessy, the man who has been touted as the best touch football player in the world currently. We discuss how... That title sits with him, and we also go through what has been an amazing career so far, and we also get a great insight into how he looks at the game currently and what he does to prepare on the big stage. So let's jump straight into it. It's episode three of the Late Switch podcast with Dylan Hennessy. All right, we've got Dylan Hennessy here on the Late Switch podcast. Thanks for jumping on, Dil. Hey, mate, how you going? Yeah, going well, mate. Uh, big question, mate. How, how are you going at the moment? Uh, obviously, COVID situation, uh, no footy going on at the moment. Um, how are you travelling? Yeah, mate, it's, uh, it, it's been tough, but at the same time, it's, uh, it's also been good. You know, with my work and stuff, I'm always, away from, uh, I'm always away from home with work, like around Australia and New Zealand. So um, it's been good to have some time with my family. Obviously, I've got three kids and uh, my wife, Emily, as well. So, you know, we've just put together a gym as well just before this COVID-19 come in, which is perfect because uh, all the gym equipment's uh, rushing out real quick these yeah, days. Absolutely, so, yeah. So, yeah, it's, it's been good, mate. We're just, uh, we're just been chilling out. Yeah, just wait and see when this work comes back in so we can start getting a bit of an income. Yeah, that's exactly right, mate. So uh, you mentioned work and you do a bit of travel here and there. What do you actually do for a cross? Um, so I'm a, I'm a plumber by trade, but um, I actually work for um, Adjuster Mattress. So yeah, I deliver and install um, Adjuster Mattresses, so beds and stuff like that around Australia and New Zealand. Perfect, mate. And um, you made mention of the gym. So obviously trying to, to keep up the training at home, but uh, how are you managing that with your, your three young ones around as well? Yeah, mate, they, to be honest, they, they sort of come down. So um, Ems is a bit of a fitness freak herself so she's sort of dragged me down into it so um yeah it's sort of been working out really good as a family because we get the kids in there as well my son's just got too much energy so he runs us <laughs> off our feet but uh you know it's, it's been it's been really good mate to be honest we just done a hard session today and um i'm, I'm pretty wrecked today to be honest <laughs> <laughs> mate i was gonna i was gonna raise your uh you say how old how old are all your kids at the moment actually okay so my son brooklyn he's eight um, my daughter Mila is five and Tyra is three. Yeah, I was going to touch on Brooklyn. I'll, I'll, I'll admit I was uh, rolling through your uh, social media pages uh, the other day. I saw Em yep. put up a, a picture of your young fella. She captained it, captioned it Little Dill. But, mate, he was rocking one hectic six-pack at the moment. Impressive. Yeah, I don't know about that. I don't, I don't think she said that for little Dill because Dill doesn't have a six-pack. <laughs> <laughs> but, no, he's... Um, Mate, he's, yeah, he, he's good. He's got, um, I'd say he's probably got his mother's genes there yeah. um, with, with the rig. And, um, <laughs> yeah, he, he's, got, he's got a little bit of talent. So, um, yeah, hopefully he keeps it, uh, keeps it going and, and he can go somewhere in his future. Yeah, and are the kids uh, pretty sporty, mate? It looks like you obviously said that they keep active, but are they they're playing sport at the moment? Yeah, so um, Brooklyn, he, Brooklyn plays um, basketball. So he's just uh, he's just made the he's in the under twelves uh, rep side. So he plays a lot of basketball. He, he's loving that. My daughters they used to do dancing, but they're sort of you know they're just happy just cruising at the moment. But I think Neela she just wants to start playing um, soccer. So yeah, right. we might get her into a bit of bit of soccer, and then um, Tyra she'll probably follow the lead of Neela as well, and um, eventually play some soccer because she just follows whatever she does. So 
<laughs> That's good, mate. Well, we might uh, get into your career a little bit, but um, yourself personally, mate, where did you actually grow up? Mate, I, I grew up in New South Wales uh, on the Central Coast, a place called uh, Kingcumber. So um, I went to Kingcumber Primary School and yeah, I've lived there pretty much my whole life. And then I moved to Queensland uh, probably two or three years ago. Yep. Moved, moved there, but we've been sort of back and forth as well. Yeah. But um, yeah, originally I'm, I'm from New South Wales, mate, um, on the Central Coast, a place called uh, Kingcumber. When did you actually first get involved in touch? Was it through family uh, that, that got your involvement? And what age were you when you started? Mate, uh, it was, yeah, it was family. Uh, my mum uh, played uh, touch football as well. She's played for Australia. Um, and my dad actually refed. So that was, that was pretty, pretty interesting. Um, <laughs> but yeah, he, 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 he refed. My mum played for Aussie. And um, I sort of started playing touch when I was in, um, I would have been Brooklyn's age, actually. I would have been about eight years old. And yeah, I've got an older brother as well. So I sort of started playing at, at such a young age and, and playing with his mates as well. So it sort of it sort of helped me as a player as well at, at such a young age. So I was always, you know, always wanted the ball in hand and all that sort of stuff. So it sort of made me grow as a player you know because I wasn't playing with my eight-year-old friends I was more playing with my brother and stuff so yeah I I guess it started with the family with my mum getting me into it and then yeah it all it all went from there we started playing you know for Central Coast Dolphins uh in the under 12s Junior State Cup yep and yeah just kept on playing I played 12s for a few years then I went and played 14s like we're still with my brother's age group and stuff like that and then so on and so on. Yeah, how did you go, mate, um, with other sort of selections? Were you getting picked up in school teams? When were you sort of really starting to get noticed on the junior scene? It would have been primary school, mate. It would have been, uh, it would have been probably year, I'd say five and five or six. I remember um, playing for King Upper Primary School actually, and we were going through, going through all the Central Coast teams and stuff, and then we ended up. Um, qualifying going into the Sydney comp and um, we ended up playing in there. We ended up, um, our team ended up winning it. But at that, in that Sydney comp, I met sort of Cole Maguire. So yeah. we, we sort of, not, not from there, but he sort of seen me at, at a young age as well. And then, you know, um, little did I know, like further on in, in the future, he was going to be my Australian 18s coach as well, you know. So, yeah, it would have been, I would have said it started probably year five or year six for me. And through, you obviously yeah, kept making those rep sides uh, through your junior years, but then transitioning sort of out of the back end of your juniors, when did you make that transition into sort of to senior football and what were some of the sides that you got picked up in there? Okay, so... I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure it was the Hunter Western Hornets is where I first went. Like the first sort of, I went for opens. Yep. At this stage, I think I would have been. I still was under twenties, but I went for opens. I didn't make the. I didn't make the cut for that 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 team that year. Yep. Um, and I, I'm pretty sure they didn't have an under twenties side that year because two of us ended up going over and playing for um, Sydney Mets under under Wade Jenkins. And um, yeah, so we played a year at um, Sydney Mets. Uh, don't recall the year to be totally honest but um we ended up winning it that year so that was that was a bonus it was good good experience for us as well so i'm not sure what year it would have been but it was it was before i know it was before 2008 so obviously yeah. still coming into that sort of high-end um sort of meds open type program at, at a pretty young age it was almost like the glory days back in those mid to late 2000s with the competition at ntl in particular we were just having a chat yep. with Peter Norman the other day when he made his way into the shark side who were 
top notch coming through that at that time. Um, talk to us through some of the experiences that you had and some of the players that you played with at that Opens level um, when you started to, to get your foot in the door. Yeah, mate. Um, yeah, I was well, like, I was pretty lucky. There was some freaks around those times and um, I was actually pretty lucky. We sort of, you know, um, on our local park, we sort of had um, Dean Wilbo and um, Brent Powell. So he's known as sort of evil. Um, I sort of looked up to them. We'll probably just touch on, as you just made mention there, probably the New South Wales club side of things. It's probably one thing that New South Wales has always had the advantage of over Queensland is the Vorden Cup and the competition that you guys um, have there. Talk us through playing in that club system uh, week-to-week football as well against some of the top players that you get to play against. Mate, yeah, it was, it was really good. It's, it's um, Well, I played, for, I played for the Central Coast for so many years and, and we sort of... I guess you could say we were the sort of the underdogs. Um, I remember Fredo actually coming to us and, and, and playing with us as well, like on his later stages as well, because um, obviously he was a para boy. And then he came and played for the Central Coast as well. But um, it was sort of good, mate. We had a, we had a lot of players from the under-20s because we used to um, really compete in the 20s. Like we'd either win or, or you know, really contest those final stages. But yeah, when we transitioned into the Opens, we went to the Vorden Cup. But, like, you know, we never used to train. It was just all individual, like, natural talent sort of thing, you know. And we had the, the I don't know, I think it just all came together. Everyone knew how everyone played because we went to school together. Yep. Um, you know, we had Dean Wilbo and, and, and Evil and Fredo there as well. And we had the, the young guys as well that had some, um, like, plenty of talent as well. So no one was sort of greedy. We didn't really have those egos either. So it was sort of, it sort of worked well with us. And I know, I remember one year we got to the grand final and we versed... Um, I'm pretty sure it was Western Suburbs. And, um, mate, they're, you know, they're just full on. Like, mm. they, just go, they just go hammer and tong. Like, they train. You know, they're just a, a well-drilled team. They've got a great coach. And, you know, we, we turned up on that day. And I still remember, like, we're warming up and we're playing AFL, like, kicking the ball, you know, on the field. And we're just, <laughs> you know, passing hand, passing the ball to one another. And everyone's probably thinking, what are these guys doing? Like, are they fair thinking Like... <laughs> And it was, it was like, you know, we didn't win that year, but I, I feel that it was sort of like they thought, oh, you guys think you're too good. But in the, in the like, reality, we didn't think we were too good. We were just sort of, we just enjoyed everyone's company and just, you know, we just bonded really well. And it was just a good mix of, um, good mix of players, to be honest. So it was, it was really good. But then, you know, as I got older, I had to move into um, Sydney just because, the consistent, like the consistent level, like even in park, park, um, park touch, it was it was just a higher level, and, and, and people were taking it more serious. You know what I mean? Whereas yep. the Central Coast, you know, they like to drink. Um, I'm not saying they're alcoholics, but, <laughs> but you know, they, they they like to party. They 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 just enjoy themselves. You know, which is which is really good. But now it's all picking up. Everyone's realised, like you know what? That's the Sydney. That's where we need to get to. And I really think the Central Coast is actually there now, you know what I mean? Which is, it's really good to see from from where I'm sitting, you know what I mean? It's sort of like, well, I wish we were back there and we want to take it that serious um, back in those days. Yeah, absolutely, mate. Uh, 2008, you finally got the call, made your New South Wales Opens debut. Um, what was it like to get the call and get your first blue jersey? Mate, um, yeah, to be honest, I don't really remember the call. Um, I've got a pretty bad memory, to be totally honest. But, um, mate, it, it was – I do remember the game. Like, I do remember uh, playing against Drummy and, and Nathan Jones and, and all those boys. And um, at that time, Drummy was, like, 
the yep. man, and like he still is in my eyes. Yep. Well, I just, I was just stoked to be a, a, amongst that caliber of players, to be honest. Yeah, it was just just one massive learning curve for me, and I just I enjoyed probably I just enjoyed every minute of it. In New South Wales, um, you've obviously uh, been in quite a few series, but probably just reverting to recent times, you've had the wood over Queensland. Uh, you might have picked up the last three series on the trot. I think 2012 might be the last time Queensland picked it up. Um, but just uh, overall, the, the State of Origin series, talk about what it means for you to represent New South Wales, but also how hard some of those matches over Queensland have been, although you have picked up the uh, the chocolates over the last three series. Yeah, it's it means, like, honestly, it's, you know, you've got your Australia here and your State of Origin here. Like, to be honest, State of Origin is the hardest footy you probably play. Like, New South Wales versus Queensland, like, you've just got the best of the two states just going head to head, you know, and at the same time, you know, obviously they're fighting for spots, you know, to get into this Australian team as well. You know what I mean? So it's, it's we're, we're best of mates off the field, but um, when, when we get on the field, it's just, you know, no, no one holds back, you know, especially like you mentioned before, Pete Norman and stuff. He just loves, he loves the contest mate. And, and, you know, everyone at that level, no one, no one likes losing or hate losing. And yeah, it's just, it's just, it's the best footy, to be honest. So it's just, yeah, it's just a privilege to be able to put that Blues jersey on amongst, you know, all those great players and then uh, go out there and verse the, verse the Maroons and, and hopefully uh, get the win. But yeah, like you said, we're, we're lucky enough the past three series to, um, to get the win. Um, it's been very tough and uh, the conditions as well. I'm, I'm pretty sure it was Sunny mm. Coast was torrential rain, Terrific. mate. So like dead set, barely, um, you know, pull our pull our legs out of that water. We needed some goggles and some flippers, I think. But yep. um, it was, um, yeah, it, it's it's been a, it's been a massive battle. Yeah, instead of just a massive battle, and it's it, it's it's just great to play that footy. You mentioned the uh, the rivalry there between Queensland and New South Wales. Uh, we spoke about your wife uh, earlier on in the podcast. She's a strong uh, Queenslander. Played for the uh, Women's Open for a number of years. Also an Australian representative. But how's the dynamic? In the Hennessy household around Origin time, mate, it's it, it's not too bad. And and uh, to be honest, like even when it comes to the NRL and stuff like that, I'm not too much of a you know go to the Blues or anything like that. But when I'm around Emily and her family, obviously I back the Blues. But when I'm back in New South Wales, I sort of just like stirring a bit of stirring <laughs> the pot a bit, you know. So everyone goes for New South Wales, and I'm like, nah, let's go to the Queenslanders, you know. So I sort of stir it up a bit. So it's not it's not too bad. Um, but yeah, I remember the last one; it was really good because. Obviously, our men's, uh, the Blues won the, the series, men's Opens won the series, and then Emily won the series as well. So I was happy for her at the same time, you know. So it would have been a um, different story. I know I'm rubbing it in a little bit, but it would have been a bit of a different story <laughs> for Pete and Danny, unfortunately. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. But, um, nah, yeah, mate, it's, it's just, it's, it's good. It's just, um, you know, whenever she plays, I'm always there sort of supporting her, and she's always there um, being my supporter as well. So, yeah. It, it, it works out works out pretty good, mate. <laughs> yeah, just so probably just uh, touching on that a little bit further, like obviously you've both been playing at an elite level for a number of years. We've spoken about your, your kids. Um, how have you actually managed to maintain uh, staying in the open sort of arena, getting whatever training that you need to get in and, and still manage your young family as well? Um, well, well, Ems is, Ems is a bit of a machine, eh, to be honest. She's... Um, 
she works a lot and then she's also, you know, got the three kids, whereas, you know, I've been away, look, I, I work I work a lot away, like I was saying before. Yep. Um, you know, I've got the, the in-laws and my, my mum and, oh, not my dad, but my mum as well there. So they, they sort of help a, a, a lot. But, yeah, she's just, mate, she's just non-stop, really. She reminds me pretty much a little bit like that's where my son gets his um, energy from. So she works full time and then she'll come back and she's picking up the kids. She's making dinners. She's doing that. You know what I mean? She's she's just a, a superwoman pretty much. But um, it's it's good too because she, she loves her fitness and I'm sort of, you know, she's always down in the gym. She's always running around the block or whatever she does. Whenever she gets time, she asks the, um, her parents to mind the kids. So that's how she gets her, her fitness in. And then um, to be honest, mate, I'm... I'm actually, I'm actually pretty lazy. <laughs> but everyone, everyone does know it. So if I said, oh, you know, I just work in the gym five times a day, you know, this, 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 everyone's going, mate, you're a liar. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm sort of, I'm sort of lucky. I've got a bit of natural, natural fitness. Um, but when it comes to all the camps and stuff, it, it doesn't really take long. Uh, like with, with, with all our, our players and stuff, we're, we're, we're a good team knit and, and everyone knows their job they do their roles and when we're going hard out it, it doesn't take long to sort of pick back up that fitness back up if you know what I mean yep. well I don't find it too hard you know what I mean so now being 32 and everyone's sort of starting to catch up of obviously this COVID-19 sort of helped me out quite a lot so um, I've actually been in the gym every day and that's no lie guys so <laughs> <laughs> it's on the record I've been in the gym um, but yeah I'm sort of yeah, I've got to I've got to try and uh, obviously keep the cardio up and and all that sort of stuff as well if I want to still compete with all these um, these young guns coming through, I guess. So uh, twenty uh, two thousand nine, I should say, mate, was your first uh, Australian jersey that you received in the men's open. There, uh, what memories have you got there of uh, putting on the green and gold for the first time, mate? Yeah, it was, um, mate. It was really good. It was in uh, we we're in uh, Wollongong and. Um, well, I was with, uh, yeah, so obviously I was, I was uh, rooming with uh, Jamie Stowe at the time and, and, like, mate, no better person to room with. Like, he's just an absolute carry-on. But um, I was glad <laughs> I was in his room because I knew he wasn't going to terrorise me, you know what I mean? So, <laughs> no, nah, it, it was really good throwing that jersey on amongst the calibre of players there. Like, we had the Jason Stantons, the Nathan Joneses, um, Drummies, Gary Sonder, Shooks. Mate, the, the list goes on. Joel Willoughby. It was just... Mate, it, it was hard to... It, all I had to do, really, was just do my job. Yep. Do you know what I mean? Back then, I was playing middle as well. I don't know how I'd done it, but um, I, was, I was playing middle, and I just thought, you know what? All I've got to do is defend. I know it's hard to hear it, but um, I have to just sort of <laughs> defend and get the ball up the field, and if I get a crack, I've got to do my job and, 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 and have a crack and, and try and put a try on or, or, or whatever, you know what I mean? Um, I actually remember this one, this one time in that game, um, I got absolutely blasted by Traddy. So he, he, he told me, put me aside. And he's like, okay, mate, I want you to go out there and I want you to hit a link. And I'm like, hit a link? I'm like, oh, okay, no drama. It's like, I'm not even out there yet, but he wants me to hit a link. You know, I'm, I'm 18 or 20 or however old I was. And I'm thinking, hit a link, okay. So I run out there, ball comes in, in my hands and I'm like, oh, geez, they're all, they're all shutting down. So I was like, oh, what's going on here? So I threw long and I think it was Faz at the time caught the ball, runs over the line and he actually, like he just dropped it over, fumbled it over the line. 
And I was like, oh, no, I'm going to cop it here. So I ran <laughs> off, and sure enough, oh, mate, I never heard, never heard the end of it, eh? I was just sitting there going, oh, what's going on? I said, mate, I thought I'd done the right thing. I, said, oh, I told you to hit the lick. And I was like, but there's going to be a trial, wasn't it? And he's just like, mate, oh, I do it for a reason. And, and it's funny because I sort of, you know, it took me a long time to realise, like, hang on, I'm not in here for a, a reason. Like, aren't I like, talented enough to be here? But, you know, he, he, Traddy's a smart coach and he does everything for a reason. And it's just that you've just got to trust that process. And now, you know, I, I sort of understand the whole thing now. You know, you try and get a read on, on, the, on the game. So then it makes it easier easier on the back end of our of the game. So, yeah, it's, it's something that sort of stuck with me that that particular time. It wasn't a really a good thing because I got actually roasted a fair bit. But um, it, it was good at the same time. It sticks, it sticks with me. So One from the best, mate. Well, we might as well just sort of to go on Traddy a little bit more. So obviously that was something that happened earlier on in your career, but he's obviously been a mainstay and obviously probably an influential, major influential figure for you uh, throughout your Australian career. He's obviously just recently retired, but um, give us a, you know your thoughts on, on Traddy as, um, as the Australian coach for that such a long period of time. Mate, he's hands down. He's the best coach in the game. He's just... Um, it's, it's, it was sort of, it's sort of funny because he's sort of changed so much as well. I know when I think I, I can't say maybe it was I was the first one, but you know he's had he's had he's had some trouble with some people, uh, oh, with their behaviour I should say. Like there's been plenty of guys that sort of you know maybe muck up or test the the policies and all that sort of stuff. But you know just little things like I was, you know, with writing back emails to TFA or, or whatever it is to accept your position in the sport like you know I was sort of young and I, I didn't really I wasn't really into the sort of technology and writing emails and all this sort of stuff so he's sort of thinking oh mate you know he didn't really know me too well um, so he's sort of thinking mate do you think like you know is it your ego or is it this and I'm sort of like no nah, it's not that mate I just don't I just don't you know, I don't write emails. I don't really look at my emails. I just, you know, they just let it all slide by. But yeah, he, it's, he's just a, he, he's just a, a, a wealth of knowledge, mate, of, of the game. Like, you know, I've played for Western Suburbs as well. And he's my coach. And mate, there's been so many times when you're on the field and you just, yeah, you're busting your ass and you're sort of like, nothing's coming off. What's going on? So then, you know, you, you run off the field and he's just like, go out there do this, do this, and hit that person. This is what that wing is doing. And you go out there and you go bang. And you're like, shit, mm. it worked. How good is that? You know what I mean? That's, that's, that's easy. Then I run back off and he's like, oh, you can do this, you run, run that and do that. And I'm like, oh, yeah, no dramas, bang. You know what I mean? And it works. And you're sort of like, oh, how good is this? You know what I mean? Like I know a lot of, a lot of coaches are probably trying to take that out of, of his sort of game now. Yeah. And I know he sort of teaches everything that he knows as well. But, mate, he's just a sponge. He's a sponge. I've been I've been lucky enough to be you know coached by him and, and you know another another sponge is sort of uh, Terry Cooper as well and I've been also under Bus Bolin as well, um, you know. So I've been lucky enough throughout my career to be under these these great guys. But no nothing against Bus and and, and Terry. I, I honestly think Trudy's knowledge of the game is just it's second to none, mate. And you, you sort of can't go past him. I'd always I'd always sort of go to him if there was any questions I needed needed answered i'll just go to him and uh he just helped me out so mate uh three world cups under your belt uh 2011 scotland one on home soil and 15 and then just recently in malaysia uh mate what are some of your uh your memories obviously taking the gold and all three so that's a, a big tick there but um what are some of your world cup memories that you've got to be honest 
2011, it was, it was, it was sort of, it was, it was a good year. It was, it was, a, it was a big win. I remember um, Jamesy absolutely being rock solid in the middle, mate, being a soldier and pretty much winning it for us in that, um, in that uh, drop off. But um, mate, that was that was that was a great win and a great year. But you know that year was also pretty busy for us. Emily was um, playing, but she was pregnant with um, Brooklyn as well. Yeah. Um, so I was sort of, you know. Although I was still playing for Aussie and stuff like that, I was still focused on on her health and stuff as well, you know. Yep. Yeah, like I said, it's just it's so good to just experience the, just the cultures in, in every like different different places, um, and and being alongside all those boys, it's it's always a, a great memory, especially um, being lucky enough to be tour uh, tour alongside with uh, uh, Ben Moylan, Ranger. Yep. So mate, he always makes it a, a great time, you know. Loves loves getting on the drink as well, so it's always a memorable. <laughs> time with him and, and and all the boys but yeah malaysia malaysia was good too mate it was uh obviously very hot yep. so that's one of the main things that we sort of remembered and i know we had to get into those tents and stuff uh to sort of cool down so it was, it was a bit different like you know we're used to sort of walking around and and sort of uh uh i guess sort of just chilling out but you know we, we had to just finish our games go back to the tents and we'd sort of just sit in there it was a bit of an awkward sort of Mm. Um, thing I guess I guess you could say, um, and you know, if you wanted to go back to the hotel, well, you didn't know if you're going to make it back out to the fields because the bus drivers just had no clue, you know. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> so yeah, but it was it, it's good. It, it's so good to just get the win and and to be able to play like you know our team doesn't vary too much either. So that's another good thing about playing like alongside all these boys. Our team hasn't hasn't changed so much. So it's just it's just. I can't say it's getting easier because New Zealand are actually getting better as well, and it's, it actually seems like it's getting harder uh, versing these boys. But it's just a pleasure to play alongside just your, your close knit mates, you know. And that's what it is with Australia. Usually, if you're playing like another sport and you play for Australia, you're sort of meeting new guys. But then the next year, they're not going to be there. It's yep. a, you get another group of guys in. You know what I mean? Whereas we seem like we're all just a real tight knit group, and it's like we're. Just, I know it's corny or whatever, but they say brothers. But like mm. we, we we pretty much are, you know, because we. We we play alongside every, like everyone during the weeks, whether it's Gold Coast, Sydney, you know what I mean? Everyone's always around each other. Probably just going away from the on-field type of stuff. Well, it is reflective of, of your, your playing sort of status, but um, there's been, been a lot of sort of, you know, wording around uh, touting you as the best touch player in the world. Uh, mate, being over at the World Cup uh, in Malaysia as well, uh, I was doing a little bit of commentary there and I think people picked up on my Australian accent. So I was getting people from all over the world coming up to me asking if I knew who Dylan Hennessy was and could I get his autograph for them. Um, <laughs> there's YouTube highlights of you everywhere. Kids come up to you all the time. It's pretty uh, rare in terms of the sport and where it's at, but, but how does that sort of level of, of fame sit with you, mate? Mate, to be honest... I just take it as a grain of salt, really. It's just sort of like if people come up and they want a photo, well, it's just a photo. You know what I mean? Like it's it's a photo. They want a photo. I'll just give them a photo. Do you know what I mean? Like it's it's not – I don't see it as anything. It's it's touch football. There's so many great players out there. I don't consider myself to be the best in the game because, you know, like I've got, I've, got, I've got guys that, you know, if I play for Western Suburbs, for instance, or if I play for Hornsby, I've got guys that run on in defence for me. You know what I mean? So they'll defend for me. Mm. So it's sort of like, how am I the best if he's defending? And then I, like, you know, we set up the tries. But if, if no one's hitting holes and no one's doing this, no one's getting a strike dump, you know, Nick Good's not um, being the general on the field 
for us. None of that works. You know, one person slips, then the whole operation goes down. You know what I mean? Like it's not, it's not about, I don't know. I just don't, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. You can tell that you you sort of you're quite humble, obviously, and um, well, you can tell that like people obviously do come up and, and want to have a chat to you. It seems like you've always give them the, the time of day. And yeah, well, like that. Like you're, you're it's, very it's, it's yeah, well, it's it's touch footy. So if if anyone's got questions and stuff, and they come up and ask photo question anything, like I try to answer them. And if I can't answer the question or or anything, like that, I'll try and find someone that can. You know, so send the chatty. Yeah, it's it's. It's pretty good, man. It's it's, it's a good feeling. It's, it, it is pretty humbling to know that people come to sort of me to ask questions and, and to get photos and stuff. But at the same time, mate, what am I going to do? Nah, you're not getting a photo. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> it's, it, it's good, mate. Yeah. yeah. Mate, I was actually watching back um, some some old footage. Uh, might have been the 2015 World Cup final or, or another one. But Andrew Voss was commentating the game at the time. Obviously, he's an astute rugby league caller. Um, it's called Thousands of Games of Football. And he made mention when you were playing that you had, if not the best, you were up there with some of the best in terms of passing game that he had ever seen. Um, obviously, a fair rap from a bloke that's seen a lot of football. But just talking on that, that skill that you have, obviously, that is one of your strengths. Is that something that's come naturally to you or is that something that you consistently keep working on to be honest man it, it, it sort of has come it, it sort of has come naturally like so right to left is obviously my um my, my preference yeah uh, my right to left is the preference but yeah i have i have sort of tried to fix up my my left to right passing as well but you know these days in touch footy i think you know we've got like, like with traddy we had like a right edge and a left edge so you know i sort of focus like well dylan you've got your right right to left jack you got your left to right happy days so i'm sort of like okay well if i'm going left to right then traddy's going to rip me a new one like i did mm. like i got in 2009 i didn't want to experience that again so i'm sort of like <laughs> well, i'll just keep throwing right to left back you throw left to right and happy days you know yes. but mate, it's it, it has been the, the right to left pass has been it's all it's all sort of natural i try to strengthen it up a little bit i sort of went to um i actually looked to jamie soward because i think personally i think he's got one of the best the strongest passes uh flat passes as well um so i, I hit him up actually to um to send me through some drills and stuff like that to sort of strengthen my passing up um and mate he he, he was more than willing to help me out as well so i thank him as well for um you know, strengthening my game as well because obviously I'm not I'm not a runner and all these kids coming through these days, mate, they're they're quick. So I need my I need sort of my passing to be spot on. Otherwise, there's probably no use for me to be honest. Should have been uh, getting ready for the Trans Tasman series, like as we speak, pretty much. Just try and give us a bit of an insight into your preparation for for a major tournament like that. Um, probably also if you can touch on like right before game time or as you're about to get out onto the field, does Dylan Hennessy get nervous? How do you handle the big matches? To be honest, I, I don't get nervous playing touch footy. I'm probably more nervous doing this chat, to be honest. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I don't get nervous playing footy because, mate, I'm with most of the time, I'm with, like, my, my good mates. You know what I mean? So I'm side by side with them. Um and yeah, in, in my head, all all I think really is, mate, just go out there and do your job. Like you know, help the bloke next year, and um, just go out there and do your job. And if I do my job, I've got, you know, I back all my mates a hundred percent to do their job. 
and I'm sure they feel the same thing for me. Like, so if they're going to do their job, they get a good strike dump or whatnot, that I can pick the right option, um, you know, or whatever. It, it's, it's, I look at it like a pretty simple sort of thing. There's no, there's no point in sort of complicating it, to be honest. But yeah, it may, in, in the dressing sheds, there's, there's plenty of guys out there that um, they, they do get nervous and it's not, a, it's not a weak point for, for them at all. It's just the way that it is. Like I know Goody, our captain, yeah. mate, he, he throws up before every game. Yeah, I mean, like every big game, man, he's, he's in the corner, he's throwing up, and it's just like, still? Like, really? <laughs> but no, nah, mate, he's, you know what, like, with, without him, mate, there's no direction. We've got no go forward. We get no strike dumps. I wouldn't be on the field because we'd constantly be defending. Do you know what I mean? So, it's obviously, it's a team effort. It's just, uh, we just get around each other. We stay tight. We talk about what New Zealand's going to be doing um, in the game. Just touch base on what they're doing, who their key players are. You know, and then obviously, like I said before, you know, we've got the likes of uh, Phil Gymore and Tony Trad and Spearsy, you know, in, in the box. So they're, they're, they're good brains. And, mate, if anyone can change their style of play on the run, it, it'll be our Aussie side. So um, if they see anything that we need to change, mate, they tell us and it's, it's changed on the spot, you know. So it's, yeah, we're just really lucky to have that calibre of players once again. Yeah. And obviously, they're the best in the world. The boys are the best in the world. So, um, you can't take it away from them. And you tell them to do something, they're going to do it. Mate, um, we, we've touched on your attacking flair and ability. It's obviously one of the, the highlights of your um, your touch game. But uh, have you come across uh, a defender that's really given you a good run for your money? Has anyone had your, had your number at any stage? There's plenty of good defenders, mate. Um, to be honest, I think there's there's some good defenders. Like, there's, I like... If there's one-on-one defenders, I'd say um, like Shane Fredrickson. Um, there's Put 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 Berriman, Putito Berriman. I know everyone's probably going to think, "Who's Putito Berriman?" But uh, mate, he's absolute freak on his feet. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I think those two like one-on-one sort of style. Um, but I'd have to say, if I had anyone standing next to me, it'd have to be probably Stuart Bridey. Yeah, he's he's mate. He's just fit. He runs for days. He just does all the all the shit stuff, really. You know, he does it all right, and he just he's just like, listen, I've got the touch, bang, yep, stay out, and it's just sort of like, really, like, is this all I have to do? Is just stand next to you and do really nothing? You know, um, he's just he's just a, he's a freak, mate, and I'm, we're gonna we're gonna miss him because he's 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 obviously retired. Um, but yeah, so you know, with him gone, there's gonna be obviously other guys stepping up, and I'm, I'm sure they can feel uh, it's a big boots to fill, but um, I'm, I'm hoping they, they can get it done. All right, mate, we're going to finish up with a, a couple of random questions for you. This is the late switch, so we're going to throw some uh, throw some curly ones at you. Not really, mate. It's all good. Nothing yep. to stress about. <laughs> Outside of touch, is there anything else, any other interests that you have? I do I do a fair bit of like, sort of photography as well. Yeah, so I do, I do photography as well, and I've just sort of gotten into... Um, into squash as well because when I'm on the road with work, I've, I've sort of uh, try to get out and about. Like I've been in Melbourne a fair few times and try and play some squash because it's it's really good for your fitness as well. So yeah. Um, yeah, that's pretty much it, mate. Just yeah, photography and a bit of bit of squash. Beautiful, mate. Have you got a uh, favourite musical artist or uh, band? But yeah, I'd, I'd probably just have to say uh, I'd probably have to say Chris Brown. I'm not I'm not I, I listen to anything to be totally honest. But I, I sort of like Chris Brown just the way he, um, yeah you know, I can't say the way he carries himself. I just like his, his sort of his style, you know. Like um, 
you know, he's music as well and, and, you know, he can dance as well. So I can't dance. So I just like to think, oh, well, I'll watch it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, uh, I think you've uh, mentioned a couple before, but um, have you had uh, quite a few pests within a couple of the teams that you play, played in? Who were the biggest punishers that you've uh, come across? Oh, mate. Like, <laughs> punishers? Yeah, like, you've got... You've got, like, mate, with this constant pest, there's sort of, like, the, the Shane Freddos. Like, I've got some stories about him, mate, and I'll probably can't even say it to you guys, to be honest. So, well, there's, there's Freddo, there's some shockers there. Um, there's Joel Willoughby, Anthony Ziardi. Um, you know, and, and to be honest, it's most of the um, the older blokes, like those guys. Like, that's yeah, right. the, like in the olden days. Um, these, not olden days, I should say, <laughs> just in the past. Um, but, you know, you've got... Um, Obviously, after the after the tournaments as well, I'd say probably Ranger would have to be up there. Yeah, Ranger, like you know, he doesn't really annoy me because I'm usually sort of trying to be alongside him, sort of thing. So he doesn't annoy me. You know what I mean? So if we're uh, if we're on the drink, he'll, I'll be alongside him, and we'll just annoy everyone else. But I know he's always <laughs> for us, a bit of a stir. So yeah, I'd have to say Ranger and, and those other three boys. Mate, um, you've obviously, um, like you made mentioned, probably getting on a little bit uh, now, 32. Still got plenty of touch in your legs, though, but you've sort of seen that next generation come through. Have there been any um, players that are ones to potentially watch in the future that you've come across? Yeah, mate. Um, so in the future, so I'm thinking, I'm thinking sort of Damon Moore will be a really good mm. um, sort of ball player. To be honest, oh, yep. mate, I've seen I've seen him play, and mate, he's just got a he's got a great brain for the yep. game. Jordy jo- uh, Marshall, mate, when mm. he's on, he's he's tough to stop. So like, Jordy Marshall's another one. Like I know he's I know he's not not too far. Like he's pretty much he's in our Australian side already. Mm. Um, and then I'd have to say like if I'm taking a stab in the dark at a, a real youngin, um, like under fourteens, I think he may be now. Um, would be uh, Tyland Berryman from Manly. Yep. So yeah, he's he's got his big big things, mate. Trains trains the uh, trains the house down with his dad, and um, got yeah silky skills. Though he's he's a really good player. So it probably leads into the the final question, mate. Um, probably we can refer it to to Tyland here. What what sort of advice would you be giving a, a young player like like Tyland who might have ambitions of trying to be the next Dylan Hennessy one day? Well, mate, I've, I've, it's funny because before I used to, I used to say just um, you know try and try and fix things that um, you're not like is not your best aspect of your game. You know what I mean? So if it's if you're not the best defender, try and fix your defence. But I've heard I've actually heard so many coaches come back to players that have come to me and asked me, oh, you know, because obviously they're asking for help and stuff, and I say, oh yeah, do this, do this, do this, and then. Um, and then they come back to me and they say, oh, I didn't get picked or something like that. And I'm sort of like, oh, okay, what was the feedback? And then they're like, oh, well, you know, um, I'm looking for someone that absolutely kills it in this. Like, you know, you're you're good all-rounder, mm. but, you know, we've, we've got this person that can do this. We've got this person that can defend. We've got this person that can attack. He can throw right to left. Like I said before, like yep. I was throwing right to left. Jack throws left to right. So I think, I don't know if a lot of coaches are trying to go down that way. If a player's got... He's really good at passing, and then he's he's really fast. So they can try and put them together. You know what I mean? Like, a, yeah. and and they can do each part themselves. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. so if I was to tell anyone, I'd say at the moment, I'd say whatever you're good at, get even better at it. Yeah. Just be the best at what you can, what what you do. Like, you know. So 
if you're a good stepper and, and good at quickies, like go and move into that. Maybe just try and get a bit of a pass into there as well. But just whatever you're you're good at, just get stronger at it and just make sure you're the best in your, your age group and, and no one can take that from you. Well, mate, really appreciate you giving up your time. Uh, it was great. You provided great insight. I'm sure everyone listening in is going to really enjoy this chat. Fingers crossed uh, you can get back out on the on the park soon. No doubt you'll be uh, itching to, to get some more touch footy in under your belt, yeah. mate. But uh, all the best for the rest of the year. Perfect. Thanks, Scotty. Appreciate it, mate. Well, I hope you really enjoyed our chat with Dill. It was a great insight into his career, but also to get his thoughts on, on the game in general. He's no doubt going to go down in the history books as one of the greatest players to have played this game. But stay tuned to the Touch Football Australia social media pages for more information on upcoming episodes. But until next time, my name is Scotty. This has been the Late Switch Podcast. Thanks to Indomie Noodles. Be safe, have fun, and love the game.